bringing things uh, a bit more locally. Uh, joining me now on the phone is Rebecca Shi. She is the executive director of the American Business Immigration Coalition, always a very good friend of the program. Rebecca, how are you this evening? Um, well, it's so nice to hear your voice, Rick. How are you? I'm doing well as well. I'm, I'm at least I'm out of the rain. That's the that's the good thing today. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I wanted to have you on because uh, your group has been involved in kind of multiple phases of the various uh, coronavirus relief packages uh, that have been considered. Uh, right now, of course, we have uh, what's uh, the known as the HEROES Act that was passed by House Democrats on Friday. And yet we have Mitch McConnell saying it's time for a pause. Let's see how the money that was allocated for various programs is being spent. Um, I, I guess my question is, you know, is there is there something wrong with the pro, with a pause, or do we have to inject more money right away? Um, sure. So I think the the $3 trillion uh, HEROES Act that Speaker Pelosi and the House Democrats passed, um, as you said, the uh, Senate Majority Leader and the White House have said that it's a non-starter. Uh, elements of the HEROES Act that we uh, really like include uh, the uh, set-aside for businesses of color uh, in the Paycheck Protection Program, the uh, longer loan forgiveness timeline of up to to uh, 24 weeks, I think uh, your earlier guest, Sam Toya, mentioned, would help our small businesses of color and restaurants tremendously. Um, and then the third element that we also really like is uh, stimulus checks, right, for anybody who files their taxes with Social Security number or an ITIN. And we, we know that in particular will help uh, to address uh, the needs of both for uh, uh, cash assistance and health care for our vulnerable immigrants who are uh, in our all of our essential workforce sectors. Immigrants make up 13% of our country's population, but are in 30% of the essential uh, sectors that are taking care of Americans, uh, keeping us fed, well uh, treated in the hospitals, and, and making sure that while the majority are staying at home and uh, keeping safe, um, that uh, crops are being picked and hospitals are getting deep clean. So I would say those are the elements that are really, really important to uh, pass immediately and, and making sure that our most vulnerable folks that are on the front lines um, uh, during this pandemic are, are taken care of. I, I know you were very active in monitoring, monitoring the uh, Payroll Protection Act as far as small businesses. And of course, you know, one of the questions uh, going from the first round of the, the PPP to the second round, the first round, you know, and, and cases have been brought and questioned about whether, uh, you know, big banks allowed their their customers in first and they got more fees, those kinds of things. But I guess in this in the in the second round, where it appeared to have gotten at least to more of the people it was in businesses it was designed to help uh it would seem to me that businesses owned by immigrants would probably have the most difficulty navigating the system uh of of getting these small business uh quote loans which become grants but that they would be the ones that would be least able to tap into those 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, your your um, assumption is definitely correct. And uh, the latest, actually, census report um, showed, and the Wall Street Journal reported on this this morning, is that businesses of color, immigrant entrepreneurs, black-owned businesses continue to be shut out of the Paycheck Protection Program. Um, so the census did a study of the program up until uh, the beginning in uh, early April to uh, early May and found that even though 75% of all small businesses apply for this program, only 37% received the loan. And of those 37%, uh, very few, uh, you know, under 10% were businesses of color. Um, and so... Uh, the second round was definitely better than the first round. We saw average loans dropped to 79000 uh versus 206000 from the first round. Uh, but I think something else that you uh, really hit the nail on the head is that for many of our immigrant entrepreneurs, black-owned businesses, uh, and many of them are sole proprietors and these really small, uh, smallest borrowers, independent contractors, they need a lot of assistance, right? The one-on-one coaching uh, that are usually provided when it comes to these big firms by their CFOs, their CPAs, their chief counsels, that can really help them. I mean, especially in COVID, to navigate this pretty complex world of financial institutions. How do you turn a loan into a grant? How do you, you know, fill out uh, these applications and determining your eligibility? And so we've actually found that, you know, President Preckwinkle of Cook County has been doing a fantastic job uh, from the beginning building up uh, a technical assistance program that uh, fills those gaps for our minority-owned businesses that uh, is an investment from the county um, to provide that one-to-one coaching for our independent contractors and uh, businesses of color uh, that we find, you know, well-resourced firms are doing um, on their own. And one of the reasons why, right, they were able to get these multimillion-dollar PPP loans uh, at the start. Um, But I think the good news now is that more uh, government entities, and even we might see in this next round of the PPP, uh, where uh, folks will be looking at a set-aside for these smaller businesses of color uh, through their lenders, their mission lenders called CEFIs. So hopefully we'll see more and more of our uh, businesses of color uh, receive these, these uh, necessary relief. Uh, you actually touched on the issue, and that was about the lenders themselves, and I want to ask you about that when we come back. We're speaking with Rebecca She, Executive Director of the American Business Immigration Coalition. I'm Rick Pearson. This is the Sunday Spin. This is your Sunday Spin for May the 17th, 2020. I'm Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune. 312-981-7200 is our phone number. We're speaking to a good friend of the program, Rebecca She, the Executive Director of the American Business Immigration Coalition. Right now, we're kind of focusing on this whole issue of uh, coronavirus relief issues for uh, businesses run by immigrants, businesses of color, these smaller, smaller businesses. And Rebecca, while you said the second round of the payroll protection program uh, seemed to have delved into more assistance to those smaller, smaller businesses, and and yes, uh, there there are some resources for navigating how to get these loans. Uh, I have to wonder, one of the initial problems seemed to me was uh, it was the lenders and whether there was access 
for these businesses to find the lenders that could then uh, fulfill the uh, the PPP request. Absolutely. Uh, during the first round, we saw uh, lenders prioritizing their bigger customers, uh, Ruth Chris, Potbelly, uh, publicly traded companies uh, we read um, in the headlines nearly every day uh, got their PPP loans ahead of the mom and pops, the smaller neighborhood restaurants, coffee shops. And by the end of those uh, 14 days, uh, you know, $349 billion got gobbled up uh, by these larger publicly traded companies. And I think you pointed out earlier there was a internal uh, interest rate uh, that accompanied these loans so that, you know, for some of these big box banks, they made more money helping uh, their larger customers uh, than their small fry. And so with, you know, all the organizing, the bad press, public pressure. Uh, the second round, the Treasury and the SBA uh, tried to, they called it, throttle the system and and, um, and also started uh, auditing loans that were over several million dollars. And so all of those pressure combined actually made a lot of these publicly traded companies give back um, their PPP and force some of these bigger banks to go uh, to their smaller uh, customers first for the second round. So we saw the numbers dramatically drop. Um, although I would say the 79,000 that we're seeing for the you know current average loan is still pretty high based on our experience. And we've been doing a lot of technical assistance in suburban Cook, uh, uh, West, Western uh area of suburban cook and our average loan we've done 147 um, businesses that have been approved all minority owned and independent contractors is about 32,000 and that's been the average uh, mostly around the country um, and we've been going to uh, lenders like Seaway Self-Help, um, which are called the CDFIs, uh, they're nonprofit mission lenders that many of our businesses of color actually bank with and depend on and have been opening up to uh, businesses that were rejected by their uh, larger banks um, to receive the PPP. So we've actually had a pretty good experience uh, with these uh, mission-based lenders than the larger banks. Um I was curious about one of the uh, statements that Mitch McConnell, the Senate Republican leader, made about seeking a pause in this uh, in, in federal funding, federal relief funding, but also pointed at this uh, House Democrat passed package, the the Heroes uh, relief package that passed Friday, and where. Uh, he called it a, a liberal wish list and, and cited one of the things was uh, giving aid to uh, illegal immigrants. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Sure. So um, so I'll, I'll just walk through this a little bit, Rick. So sure. um, number one, you know, if you if you're somebody who uh cares only cares about sort of like what's in it for me right um supporting stimulus checks for undocumented immigrants is good sorry uh, 
You're, you you picked you you kind of fell out there, Rebecca. If you could repeat that. I'm not sure we may have spreading about undocumented immigrants. So number one, undocumented immigrants. Rebecca, Rebecca, hold on. Rebecca, yeah. hold on okay. just a minute because your your phone line dropped there. So you're going to have oh. to you're going to have to go back to the beginning here. Okay. Okay. Go right ahead. Oh, okay. So can you hear me now? Yes. Oh, okay, great. So um, I just wanted to debunk a couple of myths around the uh, stimulus checks for undocumented immigrants. So. So number one, undocumented immigrants file their taxes, billions and billions every year. Uh, and this is not something that I say as an advocate. This is data from the Social Security Foundation. Um, and they file taxes through something that's called an ITIN that's issued to them through the IRS. And so in the House bill, if you file a tax with Social Security number or an ITIN, you get the same $1,200 stimulus check as, you know, you or me if we're unemployed. Um, so, but if you don't care about those, you know, equity issues um, and you're only caring about what's in it for me, by providing these stimulus checks is good for your health and for public health, right? So we know that undocumented immigrants play a disproportionate role in our essential workforce. They're 13% of our nation's population, but they make up 30% of essential sectors, the restaurants, the construction, healthcare. They're still picking the crops, working at these meat packing plants that we're hearing about all of these high infection rates. They're doing the deep cleaning at the hospitals or at the bus station. They're prepping the food for deliveries. So they're basically doing all the dirty, dangerous, and difficult work that Americans did not want to do pre-COVID and with 30 million unemployed are not doing during COVID. So like say this undocumented worker who's working in one of these essential sectors is sick. Right. If they get a stimulus check and they can get health care, they can go to a clinic, they get tested, they're quarantined for two weeks. Right. That's good for you. That's good for me. That's good for Mitch McConnell. That's good for all of his or her coworkers. Right. Because that makes sure that they will not be infecting others. But right now, undocumented immigrants cannot. Right. They have to um, still uh, pay their mortgage, their rent get put food on the table for their family. So what do they do? They continue to work while they're sick, while they're infected. And that's not good for anyone, right? So that's what these stimulus checks do. They're for undocumented immigrants who pay billions and billions of dollars in taxes every year. And we know that because they have this ITIN number that's from the IRS, right? And it's also good for each of us, for the well-being and health of every American who like to be fed and taken care of and that don't want to do this, these difficult, dangerous, um, and dirty work. And so I think, you know, long term, and, you know, thanks, Rick, for, for, you know, seeing all of the economic data, and we've been saying this, but long term, we do need comprehensive immigration reform, right? We need a DREAM Act immediately. We know SCOTUS is going to be deciding any day now. But really, under COVID, we see um, more than ever, right, who's literally carrying our nation, the economy on, 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 on their back, right? Who's doing this work so that most of us can stay home, and be safe. Um, you know, one of my co-chairs in Florida, Paul Damari, he's the largest tomato grower in the country. He's hiring lots of people right now, or like he's, you know, has lots of opening positions he likes to hire. 
And I talked to him right before this show. He says the only people that are showing up for work and, and you know want to apply are the the Haitian um, refugees and the Oaxacan Mexicans. Right? He says thirty million Americans are unemployed. Not one of them have shown up on my tomato farm to pick tomatoes because that's very difficult and very skilled work. Um, so, anyway, so that's my that's my spiel about why the stimulus checks is not just important, right, for the people. But if you don't care about that, like if you care about your own health and the health of your loved ones, this is why a stimulus check for undocumented immigrants is is good, right, for our country and good for each one of us. Well, I, I think you answered a question before I even asked it because uh, obviously President Trump, who is. Uh, uh, always looking for ways to crack down on uh, illegal immigration, even legal immigration, uh, basically indicated that with the unemployment rate as high, that he would further crack down uh, so that, quote, Americans can get jobs. But I think, as you just pointed out from uh, what's going on in Florida, you know, the, that's the immigrants are doing the jobs that most Americans don't want to do. That's right. And and if you see the the um, I find that President Trump usually does like the big hammer uh, policy announcement. And then he a few days later, right, does something that's a lot more surgical. And so if you look at what he the announcement he made and then the implementation included a carve out for H-2A workers. And so these are the seasonal. Um, so a lot of them are working on ag, but a lot of them are seasonal that, that are working on uh, golf courses, uh, including his, right? And so, uh, so they're coming in, and we actually have more H-2A workers in our country, and they're extending their stay beyond the usual um, 8 to 10 months, right, because the processing at the Department of Homeland Security is on pause or, or much slower. And so there's actually more immigrants coming in under a different visa than we've ever seen before. And so... Um, um, yeah, <laughs> I just I, I, I want to just very quickly uh, ask you about uh, the census, and I have to assume that your organization uh, has to play a heavy role in trying to make sure that uh, we get everybody counted. Uh, yes, so I think that's a good news is uh, that Illinois is in the top ten, I believe, in terms of census participation. I think we definitely have room to grow. We are uh, behind uh, where we were in 2010 at this time. And um, the other good news, though, is that due to COVID, the census did extend the self-response period to October 31st. Um, I think that the challenge continued to be the fear of the citizenship question, even though it's not in the official uh, questionnaire. Um, I know a lot of groups are doing great work uh, trying to virtually uh, contact, and we're trying to contact uh, immigrants through their employers, so through various trusted channels, uh, to say that, number one, the citizenship question isn't on the form. It's fast. It's easy to fill out. Okay, Becca, and we really, 
Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to have to hold you right there because we've run out of time. Rebecca, she oh, executive okay. director of the American Business Immigration Coalition. As always, thank you so much for joining me and, and explaining your take on these issues. Oh, of course. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Rick.